I, I did attend Dale Carnegie class. I did. I failed. <laughs> that will become obvious. And uh, there, there's um, an old Greek philosophy that often, uh, in the interest of what we call politeness, truth suffers. So, if you want to make the trade to be popular, that's your business, of course. You know, my business is I'm going to share the truth as I see it. I would love to be able to tell you how it is. At one time, I was smart enough to do that. I am no longer that smart. That's it. I'm Tom Flynn. I'm an alcoholic. And uh, my home group is the same as Gina's, the Harbor City Speakers Meeting in downtown Baltimore, right near a public market. And we have uh, wet trunks in our meeting. Ours is a full-service AA meeting. It, if you come to our meeting, it looks like a UN bus broke down in front of the meeting. That's what it looks like. It's Bill and A and all has been there. I really want to thank Ann and Gina you know, for a beautiful way, a personal way, and the courage with which these ladies presented themselves. It takes courage. We know that. And I salute you. Thank you. Um, the topic that has been selected for me is love and service. With your permission, I'm a bit critical of our service structure in Alcoholics Anonymous. But no alcoholic has a right to criticize AA, I think, or any of our positions or habits without offering a solution. Without offering a solution. I'm going to touch on that very lightly. Or you may see it as being heavy. <laughs> it just depends on how much weight you give to it. I am an alcoholic. I am sober through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Good sponsorship. And a God I thought who wanted absolutely nothing to do with me. <laughs> that is what I'm sober through. I've been surrounded by joyful, happy people since I have got here. And I have stayed around those people since I have been with you. I do not hook up with a lot of vexed people who have a lot of petty problems that consume most of their petty lives. There's enough of them to go around to satisfy their own desires. They don't need me. <laughs> you can see them in most meetings back by the door. I call them the fire marshals. That is, if the building was to burst suddenly into flames, they would guide the rest of us to safety. And I'm sure that's the reason they're there. I used to sit with them back there and criticize the speaker too. That's how I know what's going on back there, having been a member of the fire marshal group. <laughs> so... When I got a sponsor, he said, the sick ones sit up front. I immediately knew he was talking to me. <laughs> and I've been sitting up front ever since, and I've never been in a fire either. <laughs> so I guess that's okay. 
Now, in the history of mankind, it is not unusual for principles to operate in various societies, including Alcoholics Anonymous. We are not an organization. We are a fellowship or we're a society. But an organization, we are not. Often, in societies, the form will eventually take precedence over content. That's what happens. All societies have to be cautious of the form taking precedence, precedence over substance. Substance, yeah. Substance, yeah. Got tea in there, yeah, right. And that's what this is about. Now, let's make it real clear. AA has one primary purpose and one primary service. One alcoholic, you, talking to another alcoholic, me, for one purpose, to lower my, your, my sense of difference enough see, to take some steps I don't believe in. To take some steps I don't understand. How can you do these things if you don't believe in them and you don't understand them? You must be willing to desperation to follow a person who has already done them. So intellect is not needed in the recovery process. It is needed in the excuse process to say why you cannot get sober, of course. <laughs> but it is not needed in the recovery process. So if you're in the midst like I was when I got here, they said I was in the midst of an intellectual seizure. <laughs> Paralyzed by fear of making a mistake. And I talked to my sponsor. He says, how long did you drink, Tom? I'm 27 years, Wally. He says, it's a little late to worry about a mistake. <laughs> and he was right. I've been living a mistake for 27 years, and all of a sudden I'm going to be like the driven snow, you know. Yeah, right. So, that's the only service we have. Now, there are groups and structures within AA which are designed to support that primary service. To support it. Not to be a substitute for it. And there's where I draw the difference. I'm in service. You see them. they got got folders and papers. What the hell is this? What are you, service to Washington or some crazy? You know? <laughs> whole bunch of papers, you know, Except paperwork, pa paper don't work, <laughs> what the hell is this, what language is this these people talk, you know, I don't know what the hell that crap is, our service is to carry the message to the alcoholic, so therefore, me, when I come, I have got to develop a message through the practice of the steps, through prayer and meditation, and then I'm not allowed to stand in front of a mirror to see what a wonderful job I've done. i got to go get a new guy right away. 
I see guys with six place cars coming to meetings. Every time I'm grateful. No, you ain't. You're relieved that the damn pain stopped. You ain't grateful. How do you know I'm not grateful? Where's your G-man? What's a G-man? Gratitude man. Gratitude's an action work. If you're grateful, you got a new man with you. I call him a G-man. <laughs> That's all. Just for short of it. Let me see what you're doing. Where's your G-woman? You grateful? Who of us having this terrific good news? There is life without booze. An abundant life without booze. Who, having had that experience and that message, would want to keep it a secret? Why? You're bursting with the joy. It has to come out. That's what I'm talking about. That's what these gals are giving. This enthusiasm. Of course, she's cool, but she's enthusiastic. I know Amtrak Annie. <laughs> I won't tell you why we call her Amtrak, but maybe if you I'll tell you after the meeting. <laughs> they aren't perfect. I know them. <laughs> if you girls want to take driving lessons on how to drive railroad tracks, you see Annie. <laughs> She will show you how to do it safely. <laughs> That's our message. Now, is there anything to substantiate those opinions? I've given you opinions. That's all. Only my opinion. But my opinion is somewhat ex experienced. I've been with you guys since 1980. And I sponsored a couple of guys, you know. So I have some experience with those things. What's the point, Tom? The point is that a lot of you experienced people, when people say, well, I'm in a service position, it doesn't affect you. But how about the new person coming through the door? They believe the only type of service we have is some committee meeting or a district meeting. Now, I, don't, I, I guess Virginia has better ones in Maryland. I assume they do. I uh, pray you do. Uh, I've been to some of the meetings in Maryland where they have an hour discussion whether or not the next flyer should be on a letter-sized stationery or legal-sized stationery. Now, I think that's overdoing it a tad. I don't call that service. I call that big-shotism. It's going to be my way or no way. Time consuming. It's wrong. It's not AA. I don't know what it is. Let some sociologist figure it out. But it ain't AA. That's what I know. It ain't one alcoholic talking to another alcoholic for the sole purpose of recovery. We're going to send out a perfect, <laughs> a perfect flyer to a bunch of imperfect people. Wow, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? <laughs> What the hell is this? Get off the boat. <laughs> Here's another thing. I want to talk briefly on sponsorship, which in my opinion is the greatest form of service AA produces. Weak sponsorship is terrible. 
Boy, I don't want to tell him that. I've never hurt his feelings. People have been lying to him all his life, and he's been lying back to him. That's the reason he's in a nut house for your vicinity. If you don't tell him the truth, you may as well take the next bed. <laughs> Why would you leave? You're as goofy as him. <laughs> You're not helping him. My sponsor told me the truth. He says, I'd rather stand on your toes and step on your grave. I understood what that meant. You are the weaknesses in sponsorship. We don't move our people into the steps quickly enough. When a man or woman comes to me and the blowtorch is on their butt, that is, they're willing to do anything. <laughs> they get into steps now. Why? Because it's easier to move wet concrete. Don't let it set up. Now you need a jackhammer. <laughs> Weak sponsorship. Weak in the interest of popularity. That's not a spiritual concept. You know? Not a spirit. Moses wasn't popular. He tried to, he was up here on the top, doing a job on the top deck, and the guys down there were making jewelry. <laughs> you know? You know, we all know what happened to Christ. What happened to to Mohammedan. They run him out of Mecca. He had escaped out of Medina. He said, don't worry about popularity. You know, it's not important. It means a lot of people agree with you. That's all. That's what popularity means, then. How about the years ago when everybody believed that the earth was flat? They all agreed, right? They were all wrong. <laughs> Just because a lot of people believe something, it doesn't have any idea, anything to do with the quality of the idea. It has to do with the masses of acceptance. Nothing to do with the quality of the idea, with the truth in it. What do we suggest? That's why I started off. Stronger sponsorship. Did you ever, in Maryland, my God, they're going to have a workshop. I love that word, workshop. You have people come there Jesus, with thick glasses, clipboards. Jesus Christ. Get out of school, will you? <laughs> you were failing when you were there, too. <laughs> this is not something to study. You know, your navel is something to study. If you want to sit in the pack and look down at yourself, you know, look at your navel. I call that the Runco Group. The Royal Order of Naval Contemplators. <laughs> they sit back in there. Yeah, Runco Group. There's things to do. Our big book repeats it over and over. The value of action. It doesn't say, here are the steps we studied. It doesn't say, here are the steps we understood. Here are the steps we agreed with. Here are the steps we took. Ignorant or informed, or in agreement or disagreement, understanding or not understanding, we did them. <laughs> That's what it says. Here are the steps we took. That's service when you provide that to your new person. 
Went to Musparch. I copped the please reason. I know all this crap because I made all the errors. Oh, Wally, shouldn't I wait for the fog to lift? Cotton, I didn't went to the steps. He says, you got to do the steps just to lift the fog. <laughs> he didn't buy into that. And I did the steps. I Later, I did them unfogged. <laughs> I mean, you can do it more than once. It's okay. It's okay. It's like brushing your teeth. Sure, brush your teeth good, but do it again tomorrow. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's that simple. This is what we do. Strong sponsorship. God inspired sponsorship. God inspired. Sam Shoemaker gives us directions for sponsorship. I love Sam Shoemaker. I knew his wife, Helen. He was a classy gal. Sam was a classy guy, but he never outshone Helen when it comes to class. I knew Helen. I knew her secretary, too. Helen's father was a um, senator from New Jersey, Smith. What's his name? Alexander Smith. She was a thoroughbred. Helen Schumacher. Classy gal. What did he say? Sam, the husband. When you see the man with the problem, put his hand... In, him, in the hand of him who has all the answers. Go home. Do not stick around and play God. That's how we sponsor. You gradually let your person become God-reliant and remind your pigeon that you have feet of clay as my sponsor has done more than a hundred times to me. And as I've told men I sponsor, and there's one, two, three... It's about four or five, I don't know. Here. Oh, there's one sitting. There's one. Hi, Al. <laughs> they generally sit in a group in case you got to throw something at me. <laughs> Go home. Don't play God. Is how we're approaching service today working? No. Will it change unless we examine it? No, it's just like us. <laughs> what do we have to examine? Why is it when we have these so-called workshops on traditions in Maryland, hardly anybody shows up? Why is that? Did you ever ask yourself why? Did you ever say, well, they're not interested in traditions? Bull! What do you think the problem is, old bastard? I'll tell you what I think it is. We take these tremendous traditions and we present them in the dullest possible fashion possible. Dull, dull, dull. Who wants to sit through three hours of dullity? <laughs> like some moron up there wants to get finished and go cut his grass. Get him the hell out of here too. That's us. We do this. When I say we, that includes me. We're presenting life-saving, life-enriching principles by dull people. 
who thinks this is something to study. <laughs> that kind of people take a beautiful rose and take a scalpel and cut it all apart and explain it to you. But it looks like a pile of garbage when it don't it. It's your fault, my fault. Let's put it where it belongs. Let's don't do this workshop business or workshop. I'm going to work. I was working on myself. I was working on my marriage and I got divorced. I was working on my job and I got fired. I was working on my retirement plan and I went broke. I was working on my intelligent understanding and I wound up in a big hospital with no knob on my side of the door. <laughs> and it was no architectural oversight either. <laughs> so forget about working on it. God solves the problem. If God solves the problem, there's nothing for me to work on. He won't solve it unless I give it to him, though. Why did you saw this years ago? You wouldn't let go, Tom. You were busy. You had the busies. <laughs> you wouldn't let go. You didn't trust me. You asked for me to remove it, but you fixed it yourself. Now that I've endeared myself to all you who have been participating in service, <laughs> but have offered some solutions, which gives me the license then to express my opinion if I offer an alter alternative. Let's have things like this where traditions are put forth by interesting people. Hey, there's a good idea. Right? You got some experience with the traditions. You got some experience with the traditions. Are you happy about it? Yeah, I really like the traditions. The unity means everything to me, man. Before I got here, you know, I was all crapped up. AA was in good shape. I was in terrible shape. Unity is important for me. Okay. I'm in terrible shape. AA is in good shape. They don't need me. <laughs> I needed you. That's your first tradition. Unity. It's interesting. It's not boring by people who experience it. What do we present? We present the traditions like some son of a gun doing a travelogue, for Christ's sake. Why don't you get a native <laughs> that's lived there with them? A travelogue? We have to improve ourselves from within. And we do this by openly criticizing ourselves, of which I am one of ourselves, right? You agree to that? I'm one of ourselves. This is what we have to do. We start with our basic service. Where are we flawed in passing this message on? Why do so many people come here and leave? There's no problem at the front door of Alcoholics Anonymous. There's a problem at the back door. We don't hook them while they're here. How do you hook them? By attraction. Walk into an AA meeting. I was about four days out of the nut house. Some guy celebrating five years sobriety. He wasn't brand new. 
Yes, yes, I'm supposed to be a sober, like sucks. I'm hanging in there. <laughs> my wife is a bitch. My boss is a jerk, and I'm the only good driver in Virginia. And if you want what I have, I'm three days out of the nut house, and I don't want that bum has. <laughs> there ain't no hope. But I come here five years to learn how to be a professional pitcher. Get off it. That's the problem. No hope. We started a meeting six years ago in South Baltimore near a live market where wet trunks in there and all that bull. We got no parking lot. None. Got no air conditioning. None. Street lighting is poor. Directions are terrible. Right? I think last Thursday night we had 153 people in there. A lot of them were from Pennsylvania and a lot from uh, Virginia. Some from Delaware and a couple from New Jersey. Why is that? Attraction? There certainly isn't our exclusive parking lot, which is none. <laughs> this is my experience. We have a fantastic message of not only saving the man and woman's life, but increasing the quality of living. Wow! And then we have the, the, the wonderful gift to pass this on to God's other kids. My God, the churches would give half of their stuff they got tax exempt to get rid of to be able to do this. What do you think the great universities would give and the great hospitals? I mean, you know, and the Good. There's a lot of good medical people. What would they give to have what was given to us? They would give up their diploma. Sure they would. And their 401ks. Sure they would. What are we doing with it? Are you a faithful trustee for the gift? Am I a faithful trustee for the gift? Or do you have the busies? Oh, you don't know how busy I am, Tom. I saw you when it came out of the nut house. You didn't seem too busy to me. <laughs> don't let the things AA give you get in the way of your AA recovery. No, you're a son of a bitch, ain't you, Tom? Yeah, but I've ever stabbed you up in the chest. <laughs> Tom, I don't think that you're qualified to talk about love. Let me tell you. One of the greatest expressions of love, it's like gratitude, you got a G-man. Love is similar to that, but greater. One of the greatest expressions of love, the wise man said this, greater love than this no man or woman has. Then they lay down their life for their friend. Now, most of the shallow type things that are taught, we believe it's taking a bullet for a friend. That's a lot of crap. That's what's taught. That's garbage. The truth of the matter is this. If you're busy and a woman calls you for help, and what you're doing is very important to you and your family, 
You may have to lay down your life and go help her. And you may have to do that more than once. A bullet you take once. But love requires laying down your life time and time again to help someone that you're able to help. That is the expression of love. It's a continuous, ongoing thing. That's how I see it. The big book touches on it in the chapter 7, the first two sentences, chapter 7. How many people? Why do we have poor sponsorship? Just sit in the meeting. How many of us have heard this kind of garbage? Yeah, my life is going down a toilet. But I've been going to 19 meetings a day, and I'm doing all, you know. And nothing's changing, you know. And I'm doing a little voodoo on the side. <laughs> all I think I'm doing is running sure on candles. <laughs> Practical experience has shown that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with others. Intensive, not when I have time. And just because I missed the point, they hit me again. I love AA because they make it clear. I love clarity. They make it clear. This works when other 19 meetings a day activities fail. <laughs> In case you missed it. Working. Now we're back to service again, ain't we? Working with others. Intense. Laying down your life. That is what love's about. Love is not a warm, cuddly feeling. That's affection. I love her. Well... I'll just let that slide. It's such a beautiful crowd. <laughs> but I think there may be hard near the arteries in the wrong place. That's what I really think. <laughs> this is an honest fourth grade program. What is love? Love is a conscious extension of oneself. Ah. You mean getting out of yourself? That's exactly what I mean. Conscious. It don't mean I was swept off my feet. Love is a conscious extension of oneself. For the purpose. Oh, it's got a purpose too. You mean it's got nothing to do with Moon, June, and Spoon? No, that's Hallmark. <laughs> Conscious extension of oneself for the purpose of enriching one's own or another's spiritual growth. I love that for love. Did you ever go when you're a kid and talk to parents and say, what's the difference between love between me and my brothers and me and some woman. Well, that's two different kinds of love. How about a parent? That's another kind of love. How about between me and God? Well, that's another kind of love. Love's all fractured all over the damn place, right? Love is a conscious extension of oneself for the purpose of enriching one's own or another's spiritual growth. 
It describes the love between me and my brothers and sisters and me and, between, uh, me and a woman and me and God. I love it because it encompasses all those activities which represent love in its various forms. Now, the Greeks have five different words for love. They've got it fine-tuned down, you know. Some languages have three or four words for love. We just have one that's okay, as long as we expand on it. Um, there's something that I love the best I've ever read allow me please to read it to you it talks about accomplishments and all those things and it's the wisdom of the ages it's older than they are if I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels but do not have love I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal and if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoings, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, and the greatest of all these, is love. And that's where love is. It's exactly that. I cannot do these things and avoid surfacing. The service I have described, one alcoholic working with another alcoholic to give the life-saving, life-enriching, soul-enriching experience. That is what love and service is about. It is not the only thing that what love and service is about, but in my experience, it is the first thing 
or the primal thing. There are many other ways to support this to happen. You know, many ways. But this is the thing that must happen in order for love to occur. The perfect willingness to give everything away. Everything. In total trust that he who loves you ultimately will take care of whatever you have to uh, have. Not what I have to want, but what I have to have. That's all. It's very simple. And that's what we are all about here in Alcoholics Anonymous. Love. Tolerance for others. A lot of people do a lot of things that, well, there's a lot of unreasonable people in AA. They won't do things my way. <laughs> God has many faces. Like to look at you. The literature says the great reality within you. Look at all the faces I'm looking at, and I see the faces of God. God has many faces. How obvious do you want it? I'm looking at them. Look around. You can see that God has many faces, many ages, many genders. I had the privilege one time to talk to Mother Teresa. uh, There's a house in Baltimore. I haven't told you guys that. uh, They got some people who are terminally ill with this HIV business. And a real old girl, Virginia, she's a trained nurse, real smart, and she would go over and help those people. But she needed some guy dumb that could carry boxes, you know. She recognized my talent. <laughs> <laughs> and I would go over and, and do that kind of stuff there. See? So when Mother Teresa several years came to Baltimore, she had some her nuns were there too, and she came here for that reason to renew their vows. That's the reason she was here. So Virginia said, Tom, I want you to meet Teresa. She knew her. So she took me up this house on, on uh, Carlton Avenue, Baltimore. Well, I'd been here many times. And, uh, I asked her, Teresa, what's the toughest thing you ever had to do? She thought, well, she's Well, she said, the toughest thing is to recognize God in his most disgusting disguises. Ooh, did that back me off? Like somebody could have hit me in the chest and backed me back three feet. And I says, Flynn, you better watch out for your arrogance. You better start recognizing God in many various forms. That's love. Those nuns working with the sickest of the sick and the poorest of the poor and the hopeless of the hopeless, and they're there. You know, and they treat them like they're princes. That's love. Can you do less? Are you less talented? Or are you too busy? Which got you so damn busy? Money, property, and prestige? You've had that before. Did it fill the hole? Of course not. Why? You think it's going to change? Don't think so. 
the willingness to let go without knowing the outcome is love. I gotta know how it's gonna turn out. No, you don't. You always gotta know him who knows how it's gonna turn out. You don't have to memorize a library. Just get a damn library card. You can do that, can't you? <laughs> That's love. Looking at the man in the meeting. Standing by himself before you leave. I know you got some friends you want to bullshit with after the meeting. So do I. I'm as guilty as you. I point no fingers at you. I'm pointing fingers at us. <laughs> I'm part of you. I'm part of the we in this room. How about looking for the guy that looks like he's lost or the woman who's ashamed, a woman alcoholic, the special shame they feel. Yeah, gray-haired guys know about that. <laughs> they ain't supposed to talk about it, but this one does. <laughs> well, we're let her know she's not alone. Let her know that other women have done what she had done, and that has never been a barrier between them and God. Here's some good news. <laughs> That's love. So love has many faces, doesn't it? And so do you. So do you. You're the outward expression of God. When I was drinking, God talked to me directly. Oh, yes. Yes. He used to say some funny things. But as I got sober... He seemed to use you to talk to me. He doesn't talk to me directly anymore. So if I want to hear God, I gotta come hear you, don't I? Or go get drunk again, maybe he'll talk to me some more, huh? But I don't think I can take another one of them. <laughs> another one of those delusions. So I've touched as best I could. Now, I was as gentle as I could be. I told you I failed, Dale Carnegie. But this is what I feel about service. I think those who are now in service should go to their committees. And if you had certain feelings or similar to my feelings, speak up. Speak up and ask them, why are our meetings dull? Why are they not attended by the people who are working with the newcomers? You go to these committee meetings, and you you know the guys and the girls in your area who are in the trenches with the newcomers. You don't see a lot of those committee meetings. You see some, but not a whole lot. They're too far out of the trenches. You have a big book here, do you? Who's got a big book? Is that a fourth edition? But you're too far out of the trenches. Hmm? We need a big book. We gotta make this today's language. Let me tell you, two thousand years ago, it was dark at night, later in the morning, ice was cold, fire was hot, and water was wet. It was then and it is now. Their principles. <laughs> 
This book is written on principles. See? Alcoholism is not changed. Human nature is not changed. Only the words have changed. But not the intent of the heart. So don't get too far out of the, tre- out of the trenches because you cannot hear the heart. What's this old bastard going to I'll tell you whenever you can. There you go. Lovely. This was written by various committees and finally approved by those in, quote, service on a national level. Our literature has preserved the integrity of the AA message. Yes, that's true. Sweeping changes in society as a whole are reflected in new customs and practices within the fellowship. Bullshit. It's true. Taking advantage of technological advances, for example, AA members with computers can participate in meetings online. That's like dancing with your sister, ain't it? (laughs) What are these morons doing? Sharing with fellow alcoholics across the country or around the world. Fundamentally, though, the difference between an electronic meeting and the home group around the corner is only one of format. Have you ever heard such stilted bullshit in your life? Now, this was written by service people. They don't have a damn thing I want. (laughs) They have been too long out of the trenches. The trench is one alcoholic work with a new alcoholic. That's where the trench is. They're too long in the headquarters tent. Back on the firing line. That's where love is. And where there's love, there's service. Thank you.